Well, good morning. My name is Steve. I'm the lead pastor. So glad that you could uh, join us this morning. Um, I think we have a, a lot of guests today. I think like Concordia graduated in like February or something like that. You guys always get done so early. So is that this weekend? Is that a thing? Um, okay. Awesome. Well, if you're with us today, you're welcome and you're new uh, and you're visiting us. We just want to say thank you so much uh, for being with us this morning. When, uh, when we uh, start, a lot of times at Ignite, we, we preach through a sermon series. And the reason why we do uh, a series is it's a number of, of Sundays that we want to be able to slow down and maybe focus on some topics that we, um, we want to take time and develop. Or sometimes we'll be in a series where we'll go through an entire book of the Bible or a part of the Bible. So we, we often will preach through a series of, of sermons. But uh, often, at times, it's good for us to take a break from what we often do, what we normally do, to learn in a different way and do, uh, do some sermons that maybe stand alone. And so last week we, we were able to celebrate all that God has done in our church through impacting the world and, and the Great Commission and being God's witnesses out in the world. We talked about that um, last week. It's just a really encouraging uh, way to celebrate all that God uh, has done in our lives and in our churches and in our community. And it is good for us to serve. It is good for us to go out. It is good for us to, to be a part of, uh, uh, of being part of God's mission to go out and bring the good news of Jesus uh, to the world. But I also want to talk about how do we grow spiritually? How do we develop as followers of Jesus? How do we grow deeper in our faith? How do we wrestle through the difficult things in life? How, do we, how can we be able to celebrate God, what God's doing in our own lives as well and in the life of the church? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about fellowship. And we're going to be talking about the fellowship of believers, the, those who follow Jesus. There is a fellowship. And the, the big idea for today is this. God God uses the fellowship to grow us in our faith. God will use the fellowship to grow us in our faith. And so we're going to be talking about the fellowship today. And I, before we start, though, I want to talk about a difference that there is between a fellowship and a friendship, okay? There's a difference between a fellowship and a friendship, a friend, both are good and both have their place, but they're different than each other. Uh, a friendship, uh, a, a friendship is is a lot of times it's it's uncertain, it's tenuous, right? There's a lot of factors that can help you grow together closer as friends or further apart as friends. Or sometimes in a moment we can end friendships. There's these things that that either moving away will change the nature or the dynamic of your friendship. They can be uncertain in a lot of ways. They're good. They're just they're 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 delicate, okay? So friendships are delicate. They're also, friendships are based on common interests. Often there's like a, a chemistry, whether you like the same things, whether you like the, have the same sense of humor, whether you like the, whether you have whatever, like you have these things in common. Sometimes we become friends because we're in the same spot in life as other people. They're like, wow, you're a left-handed sophomore? Me too, right? Like these moments are like, we should be buddies, Right? And there's these moments where we have this commonality, we have things in common, which usually draws us together to be friends. And by the way, friends, our, our friend circle is limited in number, okay? A friendship circle, a friend circle is just limited in number, okay? And you can only maintain so many relationships at the friend level. Some of us can do more than others, but the reality is there comes a limit to the friendship, Right? 
there comes a limit and then everybody else becomes a second ring friend or a third ring friend or a who's that guy, right? Like we have these moments. You're like, why is he always here? I don't know why he's here. Um, but uh, friendships are limited in scope. We have these tight friend circles because when it gets really, really big, we lose that intimacy. We lose that knowledge. We lose that, that thing that binds us together as friends. That's a, that's a friendship. Fellowships are different. Fellowships tend to be more sturdy. And the reason why fellowships are more sturdy than friendships, fellowships are based on a calling. They're based on a mission. Fellowships have, a, have this common mission that we're in it together. And so they tend to be more sturdy because it's based on the mission and not so much on personality and preference. And fellowships are ever-expanding. Fellowships are ever-expanding. You want to be a part of the fellowship? You want to join this fellowship? It just keeps on expanding, expanding, expanding. It's a mission-based, relational thing, but it is ever-expanding. And so there's a difference between friendships and fellowships. And listen, we need both, but, but here's, where I think we, uh, here's where I think this has happened a lot is in the church, we've misunderstood what we are. I think sometimes we, we think about and we want to say that our church is a friendship. Now, you can have friends at your church, and I really hope you find friends at this church, but the reality is, is there's just too many of us to be friends with everybody, but God doesn't call us to be a friend group, okay? Because if we were a friend group, then it would be based on preference and a limited circle, and we don't want to go talk to anybody else because that ruins the dynamic of what we have going on. This is a really special thing, and so we say, what we've done is we've treated the church like a friendship, and often this causes hurt, um, sometimes it causes resentment, or if you're on the other side, sometimes it causes guilt, because you can't be friends with everybody. The amazing thing is God calls his church not to be a friendship, but a fellowship. See, the church is a fellowship. It is based on the mission of Jesus. It is Jesus' fellowship, and it is ever-expanding, and God uses the fellowship to grow us in our faith. It is, it is when we're part of the fellowship that we can begin to appreciate one another, regardless of our differences, regardless of how much we have in common, regardless of any of those things, regardless of skin color or age or gender. We, we have this fellowship because we can appreciate one another because we're all on the mission of the king. We are a mission-based group. This is a relationship based on a mission and the king who called, it to, called us to it. This is a fellowship. And to be part of this fellowship, God will use you in the life of other people. And God will use other people in your life to help you grow in your faith that we are a fellowship. And we're gonna talk about the nature and character of our fellowship because I think it's gonna be really helpful as we move forward. We're gonna be in the book of Colossians today. Um, that's gonna be, ooh man, a good three quarters of the way through your Bible. Um, in uh, chapter three is where we're gonna start today. But, but what we're gonna talk about is there's this church that started in the, in the city of Colossae. And, and uh, it was a church planner named Paul. And he wrote a letter back to the church to talk about kind of a, a summary of our faith and the summary of how we are to live. So Colossians is a great book. It's four chapters. It's about two pages in your Bible. Um, it doesn't take long to read, but it's really, really helpful. 
It's really, really helpful. And God told Paul to write these things down. And so we talk about the importance of Jesus and how we are to live in the middle of this fellowship. And so we're going to be in Colossians 3, starting in verse 1. And what you're going to see in this, and the first thing is that Jesus is the main thing. Jesus is the main thing. Our fellowship is based on Jesus. Our fellowship is based on Jesus. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Jesus is the main thing. Jesus is the one who called us to this. That's why this group, but I, have, I just, I love this. I have a, like every Sunday I get to look out on all your beautiful faces and, uh, and I get to see all the wide range of people that are in this group and on gathering here on a Sunday morning. And, and I look around and I've gotten to know some of your stories and, 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 and just little pieces of what God is doing in your life. And I think about, wow, these are a very eclectic group of people. I mean, we, the only thing that binds us in this moment is Jesus. Like if we were gonna, if we were gonna like, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? What are your passions? What do you, you know, what do you, how'd you grow up? Did you grow up in a town or a city? Did you grow up in America or elsewhere? Did you grow, where, like, we have this wild tapestry in front of us of just this group of very eclectic people. And the only thing that binds us together is Jesus. And that's why when churches take their eyes off of Jesus, we start to fight really quickly. The reason why we fight so much in churches is when we take our eyes off of Jesus. We, we, we're notorious. We're, we have stereotypes and TV shows about bickering in churches. And the reason is when we take our eyes off Jesus, we start to look at ourselves and we realize that we are not alike a lot of the people around us with different preferences and different, uh, different ways that we live life. And so it's really, really, really important that as a church, we keep our eyes on Jesus because Jesus is the main thing. And he says, if you've been raised with Jesus, meaning if you put your hope and trust in Jesus, Jesus will give us new life, new and eternal life. He makes us new creations. He raises us from the death of our old life to a new life. And when Jesus went to the cross and paid for our sin and then rose from the dead, that's what it was accomplishing for us, that we could die to our old selves and die to our past and die to our regrets and die to our sin and live to a new life, one where Jesus is our king. And we submit to him, he says, if you've been raised with the king, if you've been raised with Christ, then we need to set our minds on the things that are above. If we've been raised with Jesus, we need to pay attention to Jesus. He's the one who controls our life. He's the one who we've given control of our life to. And when we submit our lives to him, when we give him everything, when we give him our time, when we give him our talents, when we give him our calendars, when we give him our wallets, when we give him our love lives, when we give him our homes, when we give him our careers, and we just say, Jesus, use as you will, he will, and he will lead us into places of great joy. Doesn't mean that it's not gonna be difficult, but he will lead us to places of great joy. And he says, if you're gonna submit your life to Jesus, then know this, you've been raised to a new life. You've been raised to a new life, and that is the greatest news in the history of the world, that we have a new life, that we're not defined by our past, but we're defined by our king and what he calls us to. 
It's an amazing truth to know that, that I can be redefined and I can have a new future and a new hope because of what Jesus has done for me. And that will shape absolutely everything about you. It'll shape your marriage. It'll shape your singleness. It'll shape your kids. It'll shape your work. It will shape your school, your neighborhood, how you view trials and suffering. It will shape that. How you view wealth, how you view leisure, it will shape all of that. Jesus says, you've been raised with Christ, so fix your mind on the things that are above. Point your minds to Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Listen, the reason why our fellowship is strong is because the fellowship belongs to Jesus and he raised us all to new life. We have a strong fellowship because of the one who called us to this fellowship. And he says, fix your eyes on the things that are above, not on the things of the earth. And you go, okay, well, what are the things on the earth? What, what does he mean by saying the things of the earth? And, and, and in the following verses, I'm not gonna read them to you, I'm just gonna give you uh, an excerpt. When, when he says, listen, these are the things of the earth. When you fix your eyes on these things, don't, don't fix your eyes on these things. Don't meditate on these things. Don't do these things. He says, one is sexual immorality. Uh, the, the word, uh, the, this letter to the Colossians was originally written in Greek. Um, the word that they use for sexual immorality in this, in this uh, text is porneia, okay? It's where we get the words pornography. He says, that's the things of the earth. Don't, don't focus on those things. Impurity. He talks about passion or lust, Evil desires, coveting, which is idolatry, meaning someone's got something that I want, which means that's going to save me and that's what's going to bring me fulfillment, whether it be their job, their stuff, their house, their spouse, whatever it is, like I'm going to get that because that's what's going to make me happy. That's idolatry. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, lying. This is the list in Colossians 3. It says these are the things of the earth. These are the things that you don't want to set your mind to. These are the things that you don't want to, to, to focus on too much. In fact, you don't want to focus on these things at all. Because things like sexual immorality, obscene talk, lying, um, greed, malice, slander, obscene talk, all those kinds of things, that's what we do when we think the world owes us something. That's what we do when we think the world owes us. I'm going to look at those images because... The world owes me. I have needs, I have desires, I have wants, and I'm gonna get it however I want because I'm the most important thing in the universe. I'm gonna use slander because this is owed me. I'm going to use greed because this is, I'm gonna lust after things, I'm gonna covet things, I'm gonna gonna put up my own things because I am the most important thing in the universe. And when we sin, what we're telling God is I'm more important than you. And I know better than you, and I don't need you, and I don't want you. That's what sin is. And he says, when you set your mind on those things, you're going to do those things. And we start to think by our selfishness and our pride and our arrogance that we think that we are the most important thing in the universe, right? Just like, how do you change a light bulb? I'm just gonna hold it right there and the world's gonna revolve around me. That's how we view our life, right? That's how, when we say we're the most important, I'm gonna sin and get it how I want because I have needs and I have wants and guess what? I'm more important than you. So I'm gonna use people because I'm more important than them. He says, that's the way of the world. That's not, that's not what God has called us to. We're part of a new kingdom. We've been raised to a new life, and Jesus is the main thing. 
And when you follow Jesus, here's the reality is you can't follow Jesus without becoming like Jesus. You can't follow Jesus without becoming like Jesus. Colossians 3, 12 through 15 says this. Put on then, just in contrast to what we had just heard, he says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if any has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. He says that we are one body. He's talking about the fellowship, that we all make up different parts of the body of Christ with Jesus as our head. And what we need to understand is that when we follow Jesus, who's, who's calling us to this fellowship, we can't follow him without becoming like him. And as we continue to follow him, as we continue to fix our eyes on him, as we continue to think about the things that are above, as we continue to look to Jesus, he changes us and he transforms us and he will shape the way that you think and he will shape the way of what you value. The more you're around people, the more you're going to be shaped to be like them. And the more you're around Jesus, the more you're going to be shaped to be like Jesus. And he says, the things that are above are the things that we see here. It says to put on, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. That's what we're called to in this fellowship. We're called to have compassion towards one another and towards other people. Kindness. Humility. Humility is to think others before yourself. Meekness. That's always one that, that gets under, misunderstood quite a bit. Like, what is meek? What does that mean to be meek? Because I think we always think of like a shy person holding a daisy. I don't know why. Maybe it's just me. Wow, that person's really meek. Just walking around. I don't know. I don't know. But the word that they use for meek is the same word that they use for a horse that's been broke or trained. What meekness is, is meekness is strength under control. That's what meekness is. So you can be strong. There's nothing wrong with being strong. But God calls us to use our strength under control. To be meek is to have strength under control. Patience. If we could just hurry up and get that already, right? Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. This is huge. What does it mean to be a part of the kingdom of God? It means we forgive one another. And I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to say it again after this at some other point because this is awesome. People ask me, like, how do I know when I'm a part of the community at Ignite? How do I know that, I like, that I'm, like, really in? Like, I'm a part of this. And I say this, you know you're a part of Ignite Church when you've had to forgive someone or ask for forgiveness. That's when you know. That's when you know. Do you know why? Because now you're living close enough to other people within the church and part of this fellowship and you've spent enough time to offend one another. Yeah, like a family, amen. That's what he calls us to. 
He, he calls us to forgive one another, not, not maybe it's going to happen. The reason why he writes it down, it wasn't, like, it wasn't like an appendix afterwards going, oh man, we gotta have a policy on that. I didn't see that one coming. I thought these people were gonna be perfect. He says, no, he says, when you have complaint against each other, you have to forgive. You go to someone and you tell them if they've wronged you, then you have to have a conversation about that. And you either have to extend forgiveness or you have to ask for forgiveness. And just in case you're wondering, I had to do this last Sunday. I had to ask for forgiveness. I had wronged somebody. And I had to have a conversation with them. And I said, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to own what I need to own in this spot. And I, I, I'm going to ask for your forgiveness in this. This is for everybody. This happens all the time at Ignite. You have to ask for forgiveness or you have to extend forgiveness. And you can celebrate that moment because it's like, holy cow, we're, we're in this moment, right? We, we've actually lived long enough next to each other where we've offended one another. Yay? But that's what we're called to do. That's what we're called to do. And you might, and this is why being a fellowship is so important, because you might think, well, I might ruin my friendship with them. The reality is, is your friendship might take a hit, but the fellowship is what's going to bind us together, that we both belong to Christ, and so we have to figure this out. And sometimes it's going to go well, and sometimes it won't. The Bible talks about that as well. Sometimes you're going to say, you really harm me, and the person's going to act in a way that's very immature to you. Amen. And it's going to, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do, and as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's what we're called to do. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I love that, because right after he talks about conflict, he talks about peace. Because I know that I don't put those two together. He says, listen, I want you to remember this. Forgive one another, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, because in this, what we're trying to do is we're trying to help people become more like Jesus. And in the process, we become more like Jesus. And so if someone is not, if acted towards you in a way that was not compassionate, to tell that to them in a loving way, in a meek way, under control, right? In a kind way, in a humble way, will help them become more like Jesus. And if someone tells you that you're not acting with kindness, it helps you become more like Jesus. It's how we help each other grow. God will use the fellowship to grow our faith. And so we can have a peace knowing that this is what Jesus calls us to. These are Jesus' standards. This is Jesus' calling. This is what Jesus wants for us. And so we can say, I see this. I see your life. This concerns me because your life doesn't match up with what Jesus wants for us. And we can have peace about that because it's not our opinions or our preferences. But it's about the fellowship that Jesus called us to. He says, and be thankful. And so we, we become more like Jesus as we follow Jesus. You can't follow Jesus and not become more like him. But we're all on this journey together. We're all in different spots of maturity. Some of us have walked with Jesus for a matter of days. Some of us a matter of decades. Some of us getting close to a century. Not going to lie. It's, it's awesome. It's good to see you guys here. But Jesus is the main thing 
And Jesus is the one who's changing us to be more like him as we're part of this fellowship. And that in that, we can let grace and love abound. Verses 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. It says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. First off, does it not blow your mind that the God of the universe wrote you a letter and introduced himself to you? Like he wrote a series of books called the Bible, 66 of them in which he introduces himself to us and tells us about the human condition and tells us about what he's like and tells us about what he's calling us to and that we can be forgiven and made new. God wrote to us. That just blows my mind and explodes my heart. It's an unbelievable thing to know that God wrote to us and he says, let this word dwell richly in you. The more we spend time in the word of God, that's why we read it every week here at Ignite. I want this to dwell richly within you and within me as we think about what God has done for us and that he would disclose this to us. Let the word of God dwell richly within you. Take these verses this week and just soak it all in. It talks about teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. We use the word teach quite a bit. The word admonish means to correct someone, but with good intent. So think about like coaches, or think about people like you gotta be, or your mentors, like watch out for this, or beware of this, or do this because I have good will towards you. That's an admonishment. Know that God's challenges to us in the scriptures are an admonishing, that he has good will towards us, that he wants us to thrive, that he wants us to be a part of his family. Let it dwell richly within you. And then we can admonish one another, that we can teach one another, that we can sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs together. That's why it's so encouraging to sing together is because we are singing to God, but we're reminding the people around us and they are reminding us of the goodness of God. During the last song before my sermon, I just, I had to stop singing down front. Um, I was just moved by the fact that there are so many people in this room that are singing praises to God, and I go, man, what's heaven going to be like, Lord? And he's like, oh, it's going to be awesome. But you reminded me of the goodness of our God and the goodness of heaven just by singing. And so I want to thank you for singing this morning because it was good for my soul. And I know that's not why you did it. That's why you shouldn't do it anyways. Stevie needs encouragement. We better sing louder. That's not, <laughs> that's not why you do it. But the wonderful side effect is I love God more. My heart was expanded this morning by hearing you sing. Let that love and grace abound. To love someone by the way, to, to bind everything in love, to love someone is to seek their highest good. When I really love you, I want what's best for you. And so I might have to tell you hard things because I love you. Sometimes we aren't gonna be nice to each other because we love each other. 
That's what God calls us to in this fellowship, that we love one another. It says, I care about you too much, and I want what's best for you. And so we need to have a conversation. I want to teach you. I want to admonish you. I want to encourage you. And I'm going to pray for you. And whatever we do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do as part of this fellowship, guys, we need to do this in the way that Jesus wants us to do it, with meekness. Which may mean you need to buy a daisy. Just kidding. Um, With humility. With kindness. Do everything that we do to, with a compassionate heart. That's what we're called to do. And that's why when we set our eyes on the things that are above, it unites us in a way that is unstoppable in the world. And when we look at the things that are below, that's why it fractures us so quickly. Because this fellowship is based on Jesus, and so we better keep our eyes on him. Because God will use this fellowship to grow us in our faith. Some of you in this room are graduating soon, whether high school or college, and you're going to be moving away. Some of you will stay in the area, but some of you are going to be moving away. Some of you are going to be leaving over this summer because of job opportunities or family things or whatever it might be. There's lots of different reasons. But over the summer, some of you are going to be moving away. Some of you are going to be leaving Ignite Church for a a variety of different reasons. Maybe you're called to be serving at another church. That happens. We understand that people are going to be leaving Ignite. But one thing that you cannot do is even if you step away from Ignite Church, don't abandon the fellowship. If you're moving to a new area and you need help finding a church, let us know. We want to help you with that. If you've got places, but you, you need to get connected to the fellowship somewhere locally because this is what God uses to grow us in our faith. Not the only thing, but it's really hard to exercise compassionate hearts alone in the woods. And it's really hard to be humble when you're by yourself, isolated. And it's really difficult to show kindness to someone who's not in the room with you and who you have no relationship with. God uses this fellowship. And I hope you find friends in this, but understand that the fellowship is ever-expanding because it's based on the calling of Jesus and because this is his, fel- uh, his fellowship, we can have a peace in us that we can challenge one another and help one another grow to be more like him. It's a beautiful thing, and it really is a gift of the Lord. And once we start seeing what Jesus intended for us as a fellowship, we can really start to grow and become more like him and invite more people into this and not be afraid. Because people are like, well, it's not perfect. Yeah, it's not perfect. There's people in it. But we are growing. And we are going to have the courage to be able to help each other and teach and admonish because we love each other and because Jesus called us to it and this is what belongs to him. And we get to show the world and demonstrate for the world how the kingdom of God functions with Jesus as the main thing, all of us becoming more like him as grace and mercy and love abound. Let's pray.